When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi and welcome back to another show. Now let me ask you, are you struggling to get clients for your coaching practice. Be honest now. Well, today you're in for a treat because on today's show, I'm joined by Luke Charlton. Now, Luke is the publisher and editor-in-chief of I Love Coaching Magazine. Now, I Love Coaching Magazine is the world's only dedicated business growth magazine for professional coaches. And Luke also helps professional and certified coaches who struggle to get clients create a consistent referral-based business in 90 days without spending a dime, which significantly reduces their time marketing so they can coach more people and change more lives. And on today's show, Luke is specifically going to talk about some of the key steps that you need to take if you want to generate a steady stream of referral clients to your coaching business. So welcome to the show, Luke. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Uh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. This is really a, a, a topic that I'm so excited to share because I'm sure you you work a lot with clients and you, you're yeah. associating a lot with clients with your magazine. Often one of the key problems that they're struggling with and, and really find difficulty with is how to get clients for their coaching business so in your experience what would you say are some of the key things that you can see are happening that causes us to continue mm -hmm. to struggle to get new clients yeah that's a great question um <laughs> funny, I've, got, I've got a long list of the memory <laughs> where should we um, start <laughs> what are some of the top the, things would you the say first one yeah I'll, I'll do the first i'll do the top three sure uh number one is they uh, they refuse to choose a niche um, or a niche if you know for us I can say niche to you yeah. I'm just saying um, niche all the time because I've I've got so many uh, clients and work with so many people in the US mm -hmm. so I can say niche I guess um, so not choosing a niche so not narrowing down their target market um, to some you know a very very specific ideal client. Mm -hmm. And that holds them back in many ways. Um, number one, they you know their marketing material, as you know, becomes very broad. So they're not speaking to anyone in particular. So therefore, they don't attract anyone. Um, one of the most common questions I get asked, and you might as well, Emery, is you know, where do I find clients? Yes. Well, if they narrow their their niche down or the niche down to that perfect ideal client, then that suddenly tells them exactly where to go. They'll know. For example, let's say they want to help um, women in business. 
that work in social kind of entrepreneurial businesses. Well, they'll know the type of conferences they'll they'll be attending. They'll, they'll know the type of other industry leaders they'll follow and who they might reach out to uh, to do a joint venture relationship. So narrowing down your niche, um, it makes life so much easier. Mm. But of course, the biggest thing they have to overcome is the fear of if they narrow down their niche, they're excluding you know other potential clients absolutely so that's number one it's really being uh, scared being hesitant to really mm. niche down really focus and be specific on uh, you know the ideal client that the, the niche what would you say would be the second most common mistake one I see is and you, and you just use the word focus there uh, we have so much information um, so much overwhelm especially for new coaches I know this happened for me is that when you when you begin your coaching journey, it's like you just want more and more information. You want more certifications. Um, you want to become, you know, you, you want to have more and more skills because you fear that, I guess, when you go out into the marketplace, if you don't know all this extra knowledge, then you're not going to be able to help the clients the way that you want to be able to help them. So you sign up to tons of email lists. You have hundreds and hundreds of emails in your inbox every day. You're trying to read books. You're trying to do all the things that the experts are telling you to do. Mm. And what happens is uh, that that actually that is really really bad for you because it splits your focus. And um, when you split your focus, and this is one of the main things that I'm this is one I'm actually writing a book on this on focus. Um, when you split your focus, you're splitting your time your energy and your results. So mm -hmm. what, what coaches do is they want to be on, you know, because the experts tell them they need to be on social media. They need to be um, networking. They need to be speaking. They need to be running workshops. They need to be doing webinars. They need to be doing all of these things. And as you know, you can't, if you're a one-man band, you can't be doing all of these things at once. So what you have to do is focus on the, the activities that are congruent with you. For example, if you love speaking, you know, make that your main focus of attracting clients. Make that your main focus of getting speaking engagements and getting great at speaking because, you know, all of these methods, SEO, social media, um, you know, speaking workshops, webinars, they all work but they don't all work if you're trying to do them all at the same time. So mm. find one that's congruent with you and focus on getting really, really good at that because at the end of the day, as I said, they all work. So mm. I uh, think I just one. heard a collective sigh of relief globally from all these coaches who really are struggling to do everything that you've just said because how often, exactly agree, how often do we hear you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. And unfortunately, when we spread ourselves too thin, we become overwhelmed and we just don't really leverage to the point where things are really working well in one particular area. And I think that, you know, Know, that lack of focus you know multitasking that whole concept of multitasking mm. too is just so so uh negative and do you know i i deleted through multitasking because i was once upon a time a multitasker i deleted my whole website in one click of a button i, I heard on <laughs> I did that and I bring it to story. It yeah, it is. And, you know, and, and there was a warning sign, but because I was multitasking, I wasn't focusing on what I was doing. And uh, yeah, there it goes. Are you sure? Big red button. Yes. And then after I did it, it was like, are you joking? What on earth? So what you're saying is so true. So if we feel like we're stretched to to the limit and i love the way that you said to really focus on on doing something that you feel that really resonates with you like for instance someone maybe do vi thinking of doing video if video is something that freaks them out don't
don't do video. Do something that you can really yeah, exactly. resonate with, that uh, really allows you to leverage your, your strengths. Because if, we if we're trying to do something that we don't really enjoy doing, we'll procrastinate uh, and find all sorts of different exactly. excuses to not do that. So I think focus is just so very, very important. In fact, a couple of years ago, because I can tend to be one of those people that like to have fingers in different pies, I said to my husband, can you just every time you see me, just look at me and go, focused? Are you focused? Just yep. to get me back on track. Yep. So I can certainly bright, relate sunny, to that. Bright, shiny object. Yeah. Uh, syndrome as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so Luke, mind. what would be the, the third thing that you'd like to share? Yeah, this one is... Um... This one is really frustrating for me when I'm when I'm calling clients and trying to trying to coach them. Um, the the third one that I see is that that coaches and and I know you mentioned this before on your other um, podcast. It's around not having you know a real system or you know to to attract clients. Mm. Um, one of the things I see coaches doing, and not even just coaches, a lot of different businesses. I also work with them. Um, with uh, chiropractors and dentists as well, is they don't have real um, rhyme or reason to their marketing. So they will just put out, uh, this is coaches we're talking about, they'll just put out a blog post, for example, or they'll just put out a, you know, a post on their on their social media account, on, you know, Facebook, for example, and then like that's it. There is, they're not thinking about uh, about the next steps mm -hmm. of, okay, if I put a, if I put a post out, what do I want to have happen from that post? What what do I want that person? Um, you know, first of all, how am I going to get traffic to that post? Is it just a matter of just putting the post up and you know hoping someone lands on it, or maybe I could be a little bit more strategic and drive traffic to that post, uh, drive yeah traffic to that post through an advertisement, for example, on Facebook. And then what you know, then what do I want to have happen? Is there going to be a link in that post where people click through and they opt in? Um, and then what's going to happen? Like once they're on their one, once they're on my email address, how I'm, you know, what's the next step from there? Do I want them to then get on a webinar so I can convert them into a client? So there has to be a process from getting, from attracting leads to t turning these people into a client. And coaches don't have the systems or the processes in place. It's kind of just a hail mary. Mm. They just put stuff out there and hope people will, I don't know, call them for coaching or something. So yes. again, there's, yeah, there's no system on a real best. You know, this message was really um, honed or, or drummed into me when I attended, this is many, many years ago, I, I attended a business networking group and we met with the same group of business owners week after week, month after month, year after year. And I assumed that because we all got up and, and, and spent time uh, giving our introduction and I assumed that people understood what I what it was that that I did and I still recall a couple of people coming up to me you know a, a couple of years later and say, we really need to connect and, and talk because I really want to find out a little bit more about what you do and then when we started that conversation and, and diving in a little bit deeper I realized that my presumption was totally you know totally false and so often what you're just saying when there's no system and we assume that people will stumble across our articles when we assume people will read our articles and and then immediately want to, to know more and reach out to us, phone us, ask us how, you know, when, how can I start working mm. with you? That presumption is, is often false. And if there's no support, there's no system behind every single piece of content that we share when we're networking or however we're going to get our message out there, it's not going to give us the results that we really, you know, what we really desire. Exactly right. And uh, what, one specific thing I want to touch on is that, you know, coaches think that once they have their website up, that this is what's going to bring them clients and that. Mm. 
mm. if they have, you know, that little services tab or, you know, my coaching programs tab that people are going to click on the coaching programs and then, you know, suddenly call them up to, to, um, to get coached. But, you know, what you have to realize is these people, first of all, they probably don't even really know what coaching is. Mm. Um, so they've got a lot of questions that they need answering before they hire you. Um, and this is what I had to realize as well. They're not just going to pick up the phone t- to to do that. So they need to ask, you know, what, you know, why, first of all, why should I listen to you? Yes. Um, why are you the, you know, why, how is it that you can help solve my problems? And this is another reason why, why you need to niche. This, so you need to be able to speak to someone's specific problems or a target group's specific problems. Mm. That gives them the reason why they should listen to you. Then you have to answer other questions like, why should I trust you? Why sh- does your system um, work for me? Yes. Um, you know, can you prove that with testimonials, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So they've got a lot of why questions that they need answering before they're going to um, speak to you about coaching. So my focus is always, always, always to get them on my email list so I can answer, so I can build the relationship and answer those why questions. You know, Luke, um, as I hear you speaking about the, the, the niching and being really focused and being really clear, when we are not focused, when we haven't really defined our ideal client and when we're not clear, it, that comes across in all of our marketing messages. And so when we're not clear, that means our ideal client, who we really can support and be of service to, they're not going to be clear either, which is probably the reason why many coaches, their phones aren't ringing, they're not getting yep. email requests and, and so forth. Now, we, we talked very much too about the, the third point about not having a system. And I'm pretty sure that when it comes to generating a steady stream of referrals for our coaching business, there are some key steps that we need to have Mm -hmm. in place, which is a system to be able Mm -hmm. to support us. Luke, what would be the first thing we need to be aware of? First, I guess we should speak about why do we want referrals? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like what, what, why? I mean, the referrals are great. I mean, it's almost like the, 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 the golden type of, um, idle prospect, right? Because they are, you know, it's almost like they've been pre-sold on you before they come to you by Mm -hmm. the person that's referring. There's and the reason why they're so great is because there's that transfer of trust. So if you refer someone into, say, a colleague's coaching program, your that colleague that you're referring is is borrowing the trust that mm. that you've built um, over you know weeks, days, weeks, months, or even years. So they're really really powerful for you to bring on a client without having to do much selling. The traditional method is you know who do you know that might know. <laughs> that might that might want my services and of course that brings up a lot of resistance you know if they do think of someone or if you yourself get over the barrier of actually asking for the referral which can make you feel a bit sleazy if you actually get over that barrier and ask someone to do the referral they can kind of feel a bit sleazy about it as well uh because you know if you're if you're referring someone to a restaurant for example if your recommendation doesn't work out they're only out you know maybe 50 or 70 dollars or so but if you refer someone to a ten thousand dollar coaching program it's a lot of risk on the relationship if it doesn't work out Mm. right so and it could be a program that they don't even you know you don't even know if they need or want at the moment so there's a lot of barriers to overcome in that traditional method of of asking for the referral yes so instead of doing that kind of take mentality where you're, where you're asking, you know, who might need my services, we kind of flip it around and it's, and it's really, really very simple. And we flip it around by doing a value first approach. And this is an approach that coaches really love because coaches love to give, right? They love to give, they love to change, change lives. Mm-hmm. 
So the way that we generate referrals is by packaging ourselves. And the way that we can package ourselves is through DVDs, can be a CD, um, it can be a book, for example, you could write a book. But the one thing that that I've found that works best uh, to package yourself and your advice is a short booklet you could almost call it a um you heard of a like a consumer awareness guide Anne marie no that's the terminology i haven't heard of before so consumer awareness guide yeah so we we call it an um uh, consumer awareness guide is was coined by uh, a really famous marketer um joel bauer i think it was um i know that um this is kind of where i got it from but i've since kind of i have my own spin on it um, and we call it an industry education handbook. So mm-hmm. what, what it does is you basically have a very specific kind of short handbook that is aimed at a very specific target market. So let's say, for example, you have your, your ideal client is a junior attorney and you are a fitness coach and you help junior, junior attorneys, you know, um, live a healthier fitter life. But the, yes. you know, the biggest problem, you know, with these junior attorneys is that, you know, that they do a lot of the heavy lifting, right? They do a lot of research. So problems is if they don't really have the time, you would create a, um, a little handbooklet that says something like, um, you know, the, the junior attorney's guide to, um, I don't know, having, you know, I don't know, having the, the, the body of their dreams or losing weight, even if they work 14 hours a day or something like that. Yes. So something that is speaking to a very specific problem to a very specific target market that is really high value. Now, with this give first approach, people love to share this information, right? Suddenly, you're not asking, you know, who can use my services, suddenly you are giving. So you package your advice in this really short handbook. And all of a sudden, it's so much easier to say, instead of who do you know would like my services, you could say, you know, I've got this handbook that I've written on how to you know, live a more healthier lifestyle. Um, you know, who do you know, junior trainers, do you know that might value this book? And that's basically how you open the door to get referrals. Um, it's all about really being specific about your target market. That's the key. And the, the, the problem that you're solving with the handbook, this is what helps you generate the referrals. Mm-hmm. Because when you ask, you know, who do you, do you know someone who could use my, you know, my coaching services, someone can be anyone. But all of a sudden, when you get really specific, about you know what if you're asking another junior attorney for example and you say what other junior attorneys do you know maybe in your organization that would benefit from this book you know i'd be more than happy to send them a copy if you just give me a couple of names i'll send them to them now yeah and this is how you generating um referrals a lot easier yeah that's so important and and uh, as you mentioned it really stresses the importance of being so clear on who we are here to serve that when we do reach out to some of these potential referral alliance partners they have no question whatsoever about who we are here to serve junior attorneys in the example that you gave. Luke, I know one question as I'm, I'm hearing you, you share that, and that's just brilliant. There's going to be some listeners who say, okay, can you define a little bit more specifically in your understanding when you say a short handbook? I know mm-hmm. that that whole concept short for someone might be so, <laughs> so many pages, but to someone else be something quite different. So when you say short, give us a, give us a number if you can of the amount of pages yeah. we should be aiming for. About thirty, um, no more than thirty pages. Yeah. Um, about A4 size. So, um, it doesn't. It, the the 
it doesn't yeah it's i wouldn't go much more than that but the, mm-hmm. the point is is that it's it's value right and you're yes. adding a value to your target market so it, it can be something as short as two pages yes or but the, the point is that, that as i said it's solving a, a specific problem yes for your specific uh niche yeah and, and you know if, if just a heads up that if you are targeting someone who is very time poor you don't want to be sending them hundreds of pages exactly. because you're just adding overwhelm to their already overwhelmed day and schedule That's- Exactly right. You know, one of the things and the reason why we use a short handbook is, I don't know if you know this statistic, um, I read it in Tony Robbins' new book the other day actually, that only 10% of people read past the first um, chapter, I think it is, of any book, which is a, a really kind of scary statistic. But, you know, so if you're going to, if, if you write a book and send it to them, you know, they, I don't, they, they may read it if you've personally sent it to them. But, you know, by having something really short, um, actionable uh, that is high value it's much more likely to be read that's why we keep it short and that's really all you need to generate those referrals there you go only 10 percent read past the first chapter i'm glad to say that i'm i'm not one of those 10 percent when i when i uh <laughs> download a, a book all right so now we've got this fantastic resource we're reaching out to some some you know, prefer, you know referral partners just before we go into the second step because i know that there's something else that we need to do once we start to generate mm-hmm. those names for people who this is such a new concept to, can we just speak briefly around the definition of who could be a good referral partner? That, that's a great question. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that they already have um, their own network that they can leverage. So there's there's two ways that we can get clients. We can kind of target people we don't know or we can target people that we already do know and leverage our own work, mm-hmm. uh, our own network. So the first, my first bit of advice would be to look toward your own network that I'm sure you already know if you've been, even if you've just started coaching, that you know someone that kind of fits your ideal uh, client mm-hmm. um, that you could give your industry education handbook to um, or your short guide to, whatever whatever that is. Um, and then it's as simple as saying, you know, can I get your, I'd love to get your feedback. You know, I've written this for people, blah, 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 um, junior attorneys, for example. And all you have to do is simply say, I'd love your feedback. That's it. Mm. And once they read it, that's the next step, as you mentioned before, would be to say, you know, who else do you know? What other junior attorneys do you know that could benefit from this advice? I think it really does stress the value of really um, connection, connection, relationship building, because some of these referral partners that you do establish a relationship with, if they really have a, you know, an engaged community as part of their uh, network and they can refer it and, and, you know, give a heads up about this incredible resource that you've created, that could potentially add so many great, you know, prospective clients to your list that you can continue to, to nurture that relationship with. Just before we, we dive into to the second step, Luke, I mm-hmm. mean, we're talking about this handbook. And so that primarily is, is the written word. You did mention about CDs and, and things like that. Yes. Has statistics kind of proven that a handbook, like something that someone can download and read, is far better than, say, a video or an audio or some other different kind of method of communication in comparison to, to the written word? Um, hard statistics I couldn't give you, but just from my own 
anecdotal experience mm. um, and looking at my own conversions on what works better. For example, someone downloading a video or someone opting in to download a report, yes. the report usually wins. Um, not always, but it usually wins. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because you can usually say a lot more in a video, in a three-minute video than you can in like a six-page PDF. Yes. But it doesn't kind of, I think the reason people go for the the report is it, it. I think it feels like it's quicker. The document seems like it's more easily digestible. Yeah, a lot quicker. So for me, um, the the document usually works, and that's the same with the referrals. Like with it, with the, if you're handing out a CD or a DVD as the referral thing, then it's you're asking them to take really another step by going to their computer or to their TV and then watch sitting down and watching it. Yes. Whereas they've got it in their hand and they can they can consume it at their desk, they can consume it anywhere on the train, commuting mm -hmm. to and from work, etc. So you're just making it a lot more accessible in the written form. Yeah. And I and I know that there is a, a, one particular colleague of mine finds it very difficult to write, but what you've just said I think is so very important and that even if you you do struggle and, and audio may be um, more of the, the preferred me method of communication for you, if that's how you create content, get it transcribed. There's so many different resources yes. that can support us in getting that content out there. And let's face it, you know, if you're missing out on connecting with your ideal client because they could much prefer to download this document and how many of us love to print out and underline and highlight and write <laughs> notes in the corner, well, you can't do that obviously with a with a video or an, or an exactly. audio. So good, good, good tips. So all right, so we've got this great handbook. People are signing up for it. What would be mm -hmm. the next step in the system of, of generating those steady stream of referrals and really turning those into to, to amazing clients. Yes, well, you kind of already uh, touched on it a few minutes ago. You mentioned the word nurturing relationships. Mm. Um, you know, marketing is is really uh, two steps. Um, and uh, Steve Gordon, I think, says this in his book. In his book, uh, referrals. I uh, was unstoppable referrals. It's really two steps. It's just opening doors with your ideal clients and following up. As I mentioned before, you know, your your ideal client whether whether they've been referred or not they still have got some questions they need answering their why questions mm -hmm. you know why should i hire you etc cetera, etc cetera. people still you know that they, they think that you know social media and that is great but nothing from you know from my experience beats email and the power of email because people still check their email um it may be old but it works mm. so um following up via email is is usually what i recommend um for my clients and um, and continuing to nurture those relationships. So it's just about opening the doors, opening doors with the your referral piece, your referral guide, and then nurturing that relationship by following up and answering those why questions. Yes. Opening doors, a, following up. That's it. I love that. And I think the nurturing relationships is something in this um, in our society that often we, we can discredit. Maybe it's because of all of these shiny, as you said, mentioned earlier on the show, these shiny objects. We kind of think, oh, well, I can reach out on Facebook or Twitter. Well, you just don't know whether you're, you know, the person who's just um, said yes and, and has down, downloaded your handbook, whether they're on that. And I think an email is just can be something that really just continues to, to nurture. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice on on how often or uh, how long that process should be, if there should be a time span in, in between when you first, you know, give them this wonderful resource and then connect yeah. with them again? That's that's a great question. It's different for everyone mm. because what you have to understand is there are people that are ready to buy now 
there are people that have you know that huge problem they're you know really overweight for example and they just can't stand it anymore and they need help and they're looking for help and and that might be just might so happen that they pick up your guide and you know you're the person that that they need help from and that's going to happen from time to time that people are just are going to you know read your advice and this is what actually happened to me i didn't have when I first started coaching Emery, I didn't have a website, I didn't have an email list. I did this thing first. I created, uh, back then I called it a um, consumer awareness guide. And that's what got me my first client, was just packaging my advice into this little 30-page um, document. And that kind of answered all of my, my that this client that I brought on there, their why questions. And that's what I was able did to, to assign them. I didn't need a website or any of those other things. Uh, I think I think that's only three percent of your market at any one time are ready to buy now. Three percent. So three out of every one hundred people are ready and looking to buy now. The next seven percent uh, know that they have a problem. This is from Chet Holmes, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next seven percent know that they have a problem and, and they're kind of browsing. And the next thirty uh, percent, I believe it is, um, are kind of just becoming aware that they have a problem, um, but they're not ready to buy yet. And the other the other 40% or whatever, 60% or whatever is left over, don't know that they have that problem. So where the money is, is is the 3%, the 7%, and that others that are just kind of becoming aware that they're having this, this problem. Yes. And that's why you, you need to continue to follow up with them. And as long as you're there, they're going to think of you first. And this is where a lot of companies, not just coach, a lot of businesses drop the ball, is that they don't have... Um, some type of follow-up process Mm, yeah Um, and this is why it's so hard in the beginning for coaches because they don't have this follow-up process and then they get discouraged when no one becomes a client but if you can kind of just get over this hump of the first one to two years and you have this continual follow-up process via email for example then that's how you get a continuous stream of clients Mm. because as others are getting off the conveyor belt um and hiring you, there are more getting on, and that's where you are going to be. You know, adding value via email and and building that, nurturing that relationship. Yeah, so very important. And I mean, how many times do you hear of coaches? They they send out the, you know this great content, this great handbook that they've spent time putting together, and then when no one does step forward and, and say yes to hiring them, they kind of give up. Well, that didn't work. What's the next kind of thing? But you've got to realise, and as you've just said, there is only such a small percentage of people who will at that time get your handbook and suddenly go, "Yep, I I need this." So we really have to have in place that system that continues to, to really follow up and, and, and nurture them. And if we're not doing that, I'm sure there are so many incredible clients who are falling through the crack because we're just not following up. We're just not doing that. So Luke covered so much great, great information. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it really boils down to all of the things that, that you've said. And if any coaches is listening today and they recognize that, hmm, okay, I know that I haven't got a system in place, or I know that I have not got this incredible resource, this handbook. That's why I'm not generating the steady stream of referrals. Yet it is something that they continue to struggle with. And they really do recognize that uh, having that uh, support partner, that accountability, partner that coach that mentor to support them is of of value how can they find out more about you and and, and your services uh yeah that's a great question they can go to um zag coaching that's like zigzag so z-a-g coaching.com um that's kind of um my coaching company 
And if they want to check out the magazine, they can go to ilovecoachingmagazine.com. And um, if they want an extended free trial, which I will um, give to your listeners, just email me, Luke, at ilovecoachingmagazine.com. And and heard of me and Marie's show, and I'll and I'll give you an extended trial. Fantastic! So uh, we'll put all of those details up uh, on the website. Luke, before we come to a close, is there any last piece of advice that you want to just to leave with <laughs> listeners, just to kind of get them in into action on uh, these wonderful tips and strategies you shared with them today? Well, I think you just said the operative word there is action. One of the, the biggest things that stops us getting the, the results and the clients we want is that we are often paralyzed, not knowing what to take action on, right? So um, my my biggest piece of advice is um, just take a, take a couple of steps back and, and find out what resonates with you as it relates to uh, marketing and then focus on that. And unsubscribe from any other email list that takes you away from that and just focus on taking action on getting awesome at that particular marketing strategy. When you have that working for you, that's when you can start looking at other marketing strategies. Mm, Terrific. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Luke, and, and sharing your wisdom and expertise with us. And uh, I look forward to hearing lots of ahas and and finding out the steps that people have put into place uh, through listening to you today. Fantastic. Well, there you go. Some really key steps to get you into action. And of course, all of uh, Luke's contact details will be there on today's show notes. Want to access the show notes? Of course you do. Go to ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES151. While you're there, why not subscribe to the show if you're not already getting us weekly pushed out to your iPhone or MP3 device. All of the details are there too. And while you're there, why not only subscribe but also rate the show and leave a little comment. That is going to help us get the message out to so many other ambitious entrepreneurs and other coaches as well who may be working in isolation and want to connect with other like-minded business owners. This is Anne-Marie again for another week. Have a fantastic week. Look forward to connecting with you again next week. Bye for now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.